Chapter Five, Part Two of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Four, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Nine ten, when he had said these words unto them, he abode in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Christ dwells gladly in Galilee, and banished from the country of Judea, takes up his abode more peaceably and securely, that again the multitude of the Gentiles, albeit exceedingly uninstructed, by reason of the error that yet holdeth them, might be shown to be nobler than those who seem to be skilled in the law. By this he showed both his just love for them, and most reasonable hatred of them of Judea. For how would not he who knoweth all things before they be, be so affected, as to deem the church of the Gentiles already worthy of the divine love, since it was so easily called to believe on him, and at length to cast off and justly loathe Jerusalem as senseless, he who even before the times of his coming is said to have desired her beauty, according to the voice of the psalmist but called the stiff-necked Jerusalem and harlot and an adulteress, and of the like of this what did he not call her? Most clearly in truth doth he by the prophet Ezekiel say to her, Wherefore, O harlot, hear the word of the Lord, and by the voice of Jeremiah accuseth her as an adulteress, calling out, As a wife rejecteth her husband, so the house of Israel rejected me, saith the lord as having then according to the foreknowledge of god befitting counsel surveyed the beauty of the church of the gentiles and the baseness of the synagogue of the jews in its wicked ways he already before loveth the one and goeth in unto her as to a bride in the chamber but for hateth the other reserving for the fit time what was due in full measure to each for he neither brings wholly upon them of Israel punishment before the time, nor gives himself wholly to Galilee before the saving cross. For then he could with justice and on reasonable causes withdraw from his love to them. Having then said that he would not go up to this feast, and having permitted his brethren to do so, if they would, by himself, for he affirmed that his time was not yet come, does he go up after them, not saying one thing and doing the contrary to what he says? For that would be lying, albeit guile, that is, falsehood is said not to have been found at all in his mouth, but minded to what he promised. For he goeth not up to the feast with them, but rather to admonish them. And since he came to save, to say and teach the things which lead to life everlasting, for that this was his aim, his not wishing to go with them that were going up, and going up hardly and secretly, not openly, and with the joy of those who go to a festival, will clearly show. And verily, when at length he was going up to his saving passion, he went up not in secret, but borne upon an ass's colt, as a type of the new people, with an almost innumerable company of children preceding him, fulfilling the part of the people that should be born, of whom it is written, 
and a people which is created shall praise the Lord. And the children going before were shouting, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Therefore by coming up in secret he shows that Christ came to Jerusalem by no means to feast with them, but rather to dispute against them. For as we have before said, he doth not wholly depart from Israel till on being delivered up to death. It is clear that he deservedly did so. But as to his saying that he would not go up, and afterwards not refusing to go up, you will find the type of it fulfilled long ago in the book called Exodus. For the divine and most holy Moses was making long stay in the mount with God, awaiting the law that was to be given by him. And Israel, disregardful of piety towards God, was making a calf in the wilderness. But the lawgiver is justly angered at these things, and having cried out against the lightness of those who so readily turned aside to what they ought not, and having threatened to utterly destroy them at once, at last he says to the holy Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and thy people which thou broughtest forth out of Egypt unto the land which I swear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, Unto your seed will I give it, and I will send an angel before thee. Then Moses says to him, If thyself go not with me, bring me not up hence and how shall it be truly known that I have found grace in thy sight, I and thy people? Is it not in that thou goest with us? And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou foundest grace in my sight. Seest thou how he, grieved at the apostasy of Israel, affirmed that he would not go up with them into the land of promise, but said that he would send an angel, Yet out of respect to Moses and the remembrance of their fathers, he granted them pardon and promised again to go with them. Having then said that he would not feast with the Jews as being haughty and violent, as dishonoring God by their denial of him, as these did by making the calf, yet being very slow to anger towards the offenses of those who grieve him, and rather fulfilling his promise to the holy fathers, he goes up to teach and to set before them the doctrines of salvation, not committing such a ministry to an angel, just as he did not then, but rather being himself the worker even for the salvation of the unthankful. 11. The Jews therefore were seeking him at the feast, and said, Where is that man? The Jews seek Jesus not that they may believe on him when they have found him, for surely would he, preventing their search, have offered himself, according as it is said of him, I was found of them that sought me not, I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But of their exceeding transgression falling into the vain toil of the Greeks, and emulous of their habits rather than of those things whereby it was like that they should be enlightened by the grace from above for those of the greeks who seem to be wise filled with worldly and devilish wisdom expend long and subtle discourses and revolve cycles of vain propositions and weaving the spider's web as it is written 
make feign to investigate what is the nature of truth or goodness or justice and moulding to themselves a shadow only of the true knowledge abide wholly untasting of the virtue that is in deeds and remaining destitute of the true wisdom which is from above make their exercises about words alone to no profit the jews again brothers and neighbours of their unlearning seek for jesus not that they may believe on him when they have found him as the nature of things proved but that they hitting him with their many revilings might bring the fire unquenchable upon their own heads and in another respect we shall suppose that they made most idle search for they only pretend to seek him because he is not present for says one the wonder-worker ought to be present with the feasters seeking rather pleasure in the enjoyment of it and not at all the profit from the marvel but wrapped round in conceit of knowledge of the law and thinking that they were to no slight degree instructed in the sacred writings they are unmindful of the prophet's voice thus speaking seek ye god and in finding him call upon him when he shall draw nigh you let the wicked man forsake his way and the unrighteous man his counsel and let him return unto the lord and he will have mercy seest thou how it will not suffice unto salvation to seek only but when we have found to turn also that is to say by obedience and faith so might the foolish and refractory people of the jews have been saved but since in this too they are found exceedingly unwise they will at length with reason hear how do ye say we are wise and the law of the lord is with us in vain to the scribes was their lying pen the wise men were ashamed dismayed taken what wisdom is in them because they reject the word of the lord for how did they not reject it who received it not how did they not despise it who in boorish wise refused not to say of it where is that man for the expression that man belongs to the abandoned and them who no longer deem fit to wonder at him although from his so marvellous working they ought to have had the most exalted conception of him twelve and there was much murmuring of the people concerning him some said he is good others said nay but he deceiveth the people ever hard of attainment and difficult of acquirement is goodness and the power of tracking the beauty of truth is hard of accomplishment to the many especially the more unlearned and those who have no acuteness of understanding who from most foolish swayings of thoughts without understanding turn aside to what seems to them easier and not enduring to prove the nature of whatever offers itself will never attain to the true quality of things albeit paul says be ye approved bankers and persuades us to prove all things so as by accurate investigation to arrive at the attainment of what is profitable let them hear then who of their exceeding folly marvel not at jesus but think that it is fit to condemn him without inquiry taste and see that the lord is good 
for as they who prove choice honey by the taste and from the merest taste perceive what they are in search of so they who make even a little trial of the words of the saviour will acknowledge that he is good and will marvel in learning it the wiser then among the jews plead christ's cause and give right judgment concerning him consenting to him as good considering as is like this above all that it would not be possible for one to accomplish the things which god evidently works unless he were by nature god or partaker of god and therefore good to whom would befit the approval of all and to be strengthened with grace from above even though this were not so in christ for christ is himself the lord of powers but they wade in most absurd imaginations and go astray far from the truth who shrink not from calling him a deceiver who directs unto the unerring path of righteousness let the foolish jew then hear woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put darkness for light and light for darkness for along with approving wickedness ranks the finding fault with good and keeping back from evil its most deserved reproof and casting upon them that are ranged on the side of good the blame which is in no wise due unto them but the charges against them for these their revilings were foretold also for woe he says unto them for they swerved from me wretched are they because they transgressed against me i redeemed them they spake lies against me thirteen howbeit no man was speaking openly of him for fear of the jews there was murmuring among the jews and for fear of the jews he says that no man could speak openly the divine evangelist then is calling the rulers of the jews emphatically jews not deigning as seems to me to call them elders or priests or the like kindled with pious jealousy into grief to them word whom with reason does god accuse of destroying his spiritual vineyard saying in the prophets many pastors destroy my vineyard they defiled my portion they gave my longed-for portion for an impassable wilderness it hath become a vanishing of perdition for how shall we not suppose that the lord's vineyard hath in truth been destroyed by their abominations when they showed that even to agree with the good and only to marvel at that which is worthy of marvel is hazardous but that this too works a sorer punishment for the rulers of the jews and the rest of them what wise man will doubt lo for lo the whole people fear and tremble before them yet are not instructed in the law nor yet taught to live in a fitting manner although very zealously subjected to their injunctions for fear is a proof of the very highest subjection they were compelled then to transgress rather than wisely to look unto the purpose of the lawgiver and in that they dare not so much as praise what is good to give by no means a voluntary but a constrained judgment of evil against whosoever the others choose and to condemn as base him that is worthy of praise and admiration 
just as a man therefore who has good skill in seafaring matters and sits at the ship's helm and having her at his command dashes her against the rocks would be himself held guilty of the wreck or as if one accustomed to drive were borne along by the swiftest ponies and being able by the checks of the reins to hold their easily directed flight whithersoever he would were to dash the wheels against a stone not to the ponies would he reasonably attach the blame of the misfortune but rather to himself in like manner i deem the rulers of the jews having the people of the jews not only honouring them but even serving them by fear as well if they manage them contrary to the divine commands shall justly themselves incur responsibility for the loss of all but that themselves were the cause of the perdition of the people the prophet jeremiah will testify saying for the pastors became brutish and sought not out the lord therefore the whole flock understood not and were scattered fourteen when it was now mid-feast jesus went up into the temple and began teaching temple befitting is the teaching of our saviour for where else should we rather hear the divine voice save in the places where the divinity is believed to dwell for god tendeth all things and will not be conceived of as circumscribed by space in respect of his own nature but is wholly uncontained by things that are yet is it more meet that we should suppose that he dwells in the holy places and we most reasonably deem that the will of the divine nature will specially be heard by us in sacred places but what again was pictured to them of old in type and shadow this now christ transforms into truth for god says to the hierophant moses and thou shalt set the mercy seat above upon the ark and in the ark thou shalt put the testimonies that i shall give thee and there will i be known to thee and i will commune with thee from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubim which are upon the ark of the testimony in respect of all things which i shall command thee unto the children of israel but our lord jesus christ when it was now the middle of the feast as it is written having entered as god into the holy places dedicated unto god there speaks to the multitudes although he went up in secret as therefore upon the mercy seat in the tabernacle god's descent was secret and then scarcely perceived when the time for his speaking was come and to one then also to the blessed moses did god talk speaking to none other so did christ too instruct the one race of the jews and converse with one people having not yet unfolded his grace as common to the gentiles and exceeding well does the blessed evangelist say not simply entered but went up into the temple for a high thing and very far surpassing our grovelling baseness was his entry into the divine school and sojourn in the holy places but the type of the act is true as to us for it was christ who sanctifieth the temple 
and of this moses of old was a type anointing the tabernacle with the hallowed oil and sanctifying it as it is written albeit it needed rather that man should be sanctified by the holy places than sanctify them but there is no account taken of things done in a type for the truth's sake for the sake of which the things in shadows were moulded as one may see in the holy prophets also for one was commanded against his will to go in unto an harlot another to walk naked yea also to lie upon his right side for many days these things were performed for the sake of their meanings and not surely for their own sakes thus then the blessed moses too was bidden to sanctify the tabernacle albeit he needed rather to receive sanctification from it that christ again may be understood in him sanctifying his own temple although he lived with flesh among the jews and in it spake to the multitude as did god of old from the mercy seat fifteen the jews therefore were marvelling saying how knoweth this man letters having not learned not unreasonable is the wonder of the jews but there is something subtle in their argument for it was likely that they would be astonished at seeing him strangely excel both in word and knowledge who could not have been rich from instruction for the mind of man is recipient of wisdom and even though one do not as yet seem wise yet is his nature exceedingly well adapted to the attainment of wisdom and knowledge on some subjects but in the case of those who were not well exercised in learning the natural advantage gets somehow stopped up and dulled in that of those who are accustomed to go through such toils and to revel in literary exercises it is very clear and apt for good practice and is found to have no mean store of letters and wise contrivances the jews then are astonished giving heed to the saviour christ not yet as being by nature god but still as a mere man and they marvel that he abounds in wisdom not having the provider hereof that is to say practice in reading for that he knows letters untaught this too then with the rest is a charge of jewish folly for it should have seemed nothing wonderful to them that wisdom the artificer of all things that is the only begotten word of god which was among them lying hid in the form of a man should not need letters this again must be observed for our prophet for above when they were seeking for jesus they say where is that man as though they knew him by his miracles alone not yet knowing accurately who or of whom or whence he was but here not as though ignorant of aught respecting him but as knowing all things clearly they say that he also knoweth letters not having learned the more obscure inquiry therefore respecting him of the common people and of those who had no accurate knowledge of him uttered where is that man contemptuously that of those who knew him the other more severe punishment then shall they undergo who were not ignorant than they who were for to the one their ignorance is an excuse to the other their knowledge condemnation therefore is it said 
that to some it is better not to have known the way of truth for in knowledge there is greater punishment because men are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god jesus then according to the difficulty of the jews knew letters having not learned moses was learned as it is written in all the wisdom of the egyptians yet as knowing nothing at all albeit exceeding wise among those was he instructed unto better knowledge by the oracles from god the wisdom of the world being convicted as feeble through the diviner and more excellent in which or through which we are instructed in the things of christ receiving the understanding which is truly from above and from god christ then is the in all things perfectly good the one of all things both wisdom and understanding in respect whereof he has the excellency not by teaching but innate and verily the prophet isaiah saith of him that before the child shall know good or evil he shall refuse evil and choose good and let us not foolishly suppose that the divine and heavenly offspring in discernment of reasonings or by the choice of the better turneth away from evil and applies itself rather to good but as if one should say of fire that it refuses cold its not admitting the being cold does not indicate choice of wills in it but rather most steady adherence of nature to what is its own so is it in respect of christ for all good things are in god of nature and are not introduced from without and so wisdom too was in him yea rather himself is properly and specially the fount of wisdom through which he gives wisdom in part to those in participation thereof both heavenly and earthly reasonable beings End of chapter five part two